0: Welcome to the Fod-Eater (laughs) Fod-Path. Hey everybody, it's Froth here, Thought eater Podcast and Blog. Hope you're doing well, and as always, I appreciate you listening. And so, you might notice I'm not on my regular schedule this week. It's because I am down here at the beach, having a good time, looking at all these crazy lizards running around. These aren't the big ones that are taking over, but... I don't know, they're little ones, but they're, I'm looking at one right now and it's doing this thing where it's got like the, like the little air bladder or whatever that comes out. I don't know, that just happened, <clears throat> that just happened while I was talking, so I had to comment on it. Time to roll initiative, maybe, <laughs> but, but anyway, it's weird, it feels like I haven't podcasted in a while, even though it's only been a few days, you just get in the habit, you know, we're creatures of habit or whatever, so. But having a great time, eating a lot of food, maybe too much. You know, shellfish and seafood, that's like my favorite food. So the beach is nice, all that, but my favorite thing is always the food. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, on Friday, for the 5-Minute Friday, I was talking a little bit about solo games because I brought a couple things down here with me. You know, to fill in the gaps of time when we're just sitting around, recovering from heat exhaustion or whatever. And I invited a lot of the Anchorites, you know, the legendary Anchorites, other folks that are podcasting here, using the Anchor platform as a base, to maybe call in with some ideas and everything. And I actually um, just noticed Spencer, aka Free Thrall, from the excellent Keep Off the Borderlands podcast, if you're not listening to that to that, definitely check it out. Um, has put up a, a, podcast on solo play as well. that I'm like halfway through listening to, and, um, I think it's awesome. Like, I think there's like a collective unconscious thing that goes on sometimes with the anchorites where, uh, everybody's given different perspectives on different things and some, you know, similar or the same topics kind of come up. So if you're interested in listening to more about, Solo gaming, I definitely uh, check that out as well. But anyway, I, as I sometimes do, I put out the call to some of the legends to help fill out this episode because I knew I wasn't gonna have a lot of time to put much something you know something together. So I was leaning heavily on the on the anchorites to come through with some call-ins, and they, and they did. So, we're going to hear from a lot of the uh, the luminaries of the OSR anchorite scene here, as well as uh, some listeners that um, wanted to contribute, and I pr- wanted to say that I appreciated everybody calling in. So, I'm going to be responding to each comment. Individually and everything, and I thought I'd start off with because It's a good one to get us started with. So here comes Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. Hey, Froth, it's Liren. Just a quick note to let you know that you have my gears turning, mister. You know, I haven't ever tried solo games, like formal solo RPG games, in all of my writing adventures. So, I was up entirely too late last night, googling around, trying to see what I could find. So, I don't know, I have some hope of managing to play
1: something that I found. (laughs) Wish me luck with that.
0: I'll keep you posted. And I hope you have a wonderful vacation, and that you get to relax and just enjoy yourself. You deserve it. Liren, thanks for calling in, and, you know, that's just what I do, I inspire people, you know, that's just a uh, life of froth, no, I'm kidding, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time, you know, I mentioned this on a little, the the five minute Friday, like, I missed out on all the heyday of the fighting fantasy stuff, and that's why I was really hoping to hear from, like, Colin and RFID. And everybody, because I know those were you know British books, and probably I figure maybe more popular over there, even though they were popular here as well. So I figured they probably had had, had used them, and it turns out they had. But uh, you know, I just loved the Choose Your Own Adventure books when I was little, and uh, and so it's interesting when you start to look, you know, because there are a lot of options now. The more you look, the more you' there's that crazy lizard again. Wow. Nature is a crazy, um, but there are lots of options, you know, and it's kind of weird. It's almost like in some ways you're doing the opposite, looking for some kind of solo game than you are looking for a regular RPG because with an RPG, you know, you get get a lifetime of play out of it, you know, like first edition D&D, you can play forever with it, you know, um. Whereas these, these solo games, these game books and these kind of things, um, you know, it's kind of like once you've used it, it's kind of done, you know. Uh, certain games try to do something to prevent that or make squeeze as much use as you can out of it. The, the one thing I've been spending the most time playing with down here is this Star Bastards book from Two Fisted Gaming. And one of the ways it stretches the value out of the book is um, it kind of has two adventures in it, you know, one, you're somebody that's on the run, and then you can also play as somebody that's chasing the persons on the run, so it's kind of got two perspectives, two games inside it. They also have another game called, uh, let Sword of, I think it's Sword of the Bastard Elf, probably just searching Bastard Elf, we'll probably find it if I mention it wrong, but and that's one that I don't own, but I know it's something like, you know, 800 plus pages, so I'm sure they stuff multiple sort of perspectives or games into it, uh, multiple story tracks or whatever. But it really becomes, instead of so much about the mechanics, which I'll end up talking about a little bit later, some of these that I'm seeing, it really relies on somebody being a really good writer, like a fiction writer. Or creative writer. Whereas with an RPG game, sometimes you can just have the rules and it doesn't really matter if somebody's a great fiction writer or super creative in that respect, and then you get a ton of play out of it. With these, it's maybe the mechanics don't matter so much and you really need a strong writer to keep you wanting to play the game. So I think that this person uh, that does the Two-Fisted Fantasy is a really good writer. If you're into the style, you know, it's kind of a, um, got a lot of comedic elements and it's kind of zany and gonzo sci-fi deal. So, you know, you know, automatically if you're not into that, you're not going to like it. So if I'm searching out some kind of solo game, I would be really looking for some kind of topic or subject matter of the game book or whatever that I'd be into. That would be the first thing I'd be really focused on rather than the mechanics so much. Some of these other ones, um, really kind of stick close to the mechanics of the games, like these Call of Cthulhu ones. It's basically just using the same mechanics, but they add this like time clock kind of thing that you keep that moves the action along. So you're keeping real strict time records and that's kind of, influences it, but the basic roles and stuff are the same, so the other thing I would say is if you do have a system you really love, like, I mentioned I'd seen some solo 5e stuff, so if you really love 5e and um, are looking to do some solo gaming, you might want to look specifically for that. If you love Call of Cthulhu, you know, you could try to search out some of that stuff. I know they recently re-released some of the solo Call of Cthulhu stuff. Some stuff is kind of out of print, but... Anyway, I guess what I was saying is when you are talking about researching and, and looking for stuff to run, these are the things that kind of popped in my mind as I was playing. Um, it's just how It's like a completely kind of different, like the roles are reversed or the polarities reversed or whatever with these game books because they're not built to last forever unlike the RPG system. And then the kind of prose and, and writing and, and all that, which is something I can ignoring a lot of rpgs or it doesn't matter that much to me i mean it's a bonus if the writing's really good um that becomes crucial with the solo games but anyway just some ramblings there thanks for calling in leon
2: hey froth spike pit here for some inexplicable reason solo gaming has popped into my mind and i can recall spending hours flicking through fighting fantasy books I started off on the choose your own adventures but they became kind of i shunned them after a while as being a little bit childish i don't really know why but um i picked up forest of doom as my first fighting fantasy book and moved on to city of thieves and death trap dungeon and it was a kind of a family activity when we went away nowadays however solo gaming it it doesn't really have a place for me i've always got kids about and, and someone to game with and there's online gaming so um the one DM one player thing however is a lot more interesting to me and uh something I hope to do more of in the future
0: It's Colin Green there from the legendary Spike Pit podcast, thank you for calling in and as far as inexplicable reasons I'm telling you I think there's like this collective thing that goes on With the Anchorites, where we kind of... We have our individual brains, but we also have a hive brain. I don't know. Just a theory. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, the Choose Your Own Adventure books, looking back at them now... They're definitely written for young kids, you know. Whereas, some of the fighting fantasy stuff I've seen... That's kind of an all-ages thing. And I can see where you might think they're childish, too, because... You know, when you're rolling dice and can die, and then you look back at a choose-your-own-adventure book where you can kind of, you know, just keep choosing and, I don't know, not have to work for it or whatever. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but I was interested to hear what he had to say because I, I, I'm wondering if how ubiquitous, you know, th- those game books were, you know, over the pond, you know. Um, I get the feeling they're probably really, really popular, and... uh I was just kind of jealous of that. I would have loved him when I was younger. And there are tons of different options now as you get to where it's not... um, Whereas back then, you know, what would you have played? You know, what video game would you have played? Pong, you know what I'm saying? There weren't weren't the options that there are now and everything. Uh, But it's interesting you mentioned the the, the one-on-one gaming. Um... So I saw something recently. I I talked about uh, when I was doing like a D6 thing for Top 3 Tuesdays. I believe there's, um, I don't know what it's called, Cthulhu Confidential. I think that's what it is. Pelgrine Press put out a, a one-on-one, you know, one GM, one player spin on their Trail of Cthulhu or gumshoe rules. And uh, so that might be something I don't know to think about if you're looking at one-on-one gaming. But. And who knows? I mean, you know, it's not for everybody. Um, like I say, I think it really takes a a cool system. I mean, you know, a cool author. You know, for these solo game books, because I can see some that would just be, you know, you read a couple pages of the person's writing and and it doesn't hook you. You know, it's got to be a really good writer to get you into it. And then it doesn't help. doesn't hurt if it's if it's a system you like. Uh, I shouldn't have said system there. I mean, it, it's not system first. It's the writer first. So, you know, I could see myself looking at five or six solo things and just be like, yeah, because uh, you know the the story or the the writer didn't didn't get me. But um, for me two, maybe it's that I never burnt myself out on it, so it still feels kind of new and fresh to me, so I'm not, you know, worn out from it. Um, and it's true what you say with, with kids running around. I mean, I always would rather pretty much play a group game. But I was just thinking for myself, it's kind of like, rather than just sit around reading or staring at the TV or something like that, I thought I'd bring them along to, you know, to to do do something different, and um. Yeah. So, but anyway, I appreciate you calling in. Like I said, I, I I had in my mind that you probably played those growing up and everything, so I was interested in hearing what you had to say. Thank you for calling in.
3: Arfed here, just responding to your um, question about solo gaming. Uh, it's not something I really do. Any sort of role playing, solo play. Um, did the Fighting Fantasy books back in the day? Enjoyed those. Um, but if I was looking for a sort of role-playing experience um, when I was just myself, I would probably go to the computer to be honest. Um, I'd play something like Baldur's Gate or Neverwinter Nights or some of the sort of classic RPG games that you can find on the PC or um, your console, depending on what you've got. Um, you can spend easily spend three or four hours. You don't have to do much work because obviously the computer game is doing the sort of DMing role. So yeah, you just get to play with a group of characters. You get to play all the characters. It does all the narratives, all the effects. So yeah, that would be my go-to for solo play. Cheers. The
0: other brother, Green there, Arfet, aka Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. Thank you for calling in, and uh, thanks for mentioning video games too, because uh, so I probably wouldn't have mentioned it. You know, like. I didn't play any of those games growing up. Um, although I know that they have them re-released or emulators that you can run them on, you know, you know, run them on your computer now and everything. Probably something else for me to check out. Um, I kind of wanted to go real lo-fi though, you know, roll the dice, feel the dice in my hands. Maybe part of it too is because so much of the, uh, my gaming is done online these days, my regular campaigns and everything that uh, sitting down with just pen, pencil and paper and actual dice was something that was really appealing to me because it feels like I, I get further and further away from that. It's one of the reasons I like gaming with the family too is just on top of the camaraderie and everything is just feeling the dice in your hands and, and having that analog experience. But, um uh, I figured you maybe played those fighting fantasy games as well <laughs> um, so but I appreciated you calling in and yeah those those games uh, you mentioned are, are legendary I need to try to figure out a way to check them out I think they're even making new versions for some of those or new expansions or whatever um, as D&D continues to blow up so anywho hey Froth it's Jeff uh, as far as solo gaming goes, one of the newer products that I found that's pretty interesting is a game called Ironsworn. Uh, it's up on DriveThru, it's free download, um, it's beautiful uh, layout art book, uh, really well done. It's a game uh, of low fantasy and it's powered by the apocalypse, so it has um some kind of indie feel to it but it sports a uh both a solo a cooperative and a GM full mode which is kind of cool anyway you should check it out um if you get a chance I liked it enough that I ordered a a hard copy through drive-thru and just got it and it's a gorgeous book that's Jeff there from Tome of All Dooms who just dropped a new episode yesterday I listened to and uh thanks for calling in Jeff and yeah as far as Ironshorn goes I saw that, I believe I saw it was up for an any and I also downloaded it when I saw it on drive-thru for free, but I haven't cracked it open or looked at it. Was not aware that it had a solo component to it, so I will definitely have to take another look at that, or A, look at it. I don't know, y'all. I, there's there's so much stuff out there that I feel almost like I'm like a RPG hoarder in some ways, you know, like the show Hoarder. Like, uh... I've got so much stuff I've downloaded that I never even look at. I don't even know why I bother. It feels like I'm missing out on something, I guess, maybe. Or I have this uh, urge to collect and sort things. I have this like, every time I take personality tests or whatever, I'm all about, like, organizing and analyzing systems and categorizing. And I guess that's human nature, too. But I end up with a... (laughs) an absurd amount of stuff that I never even look at. But knowing that there's a solo component of that, I'll take a look at it. Thanks for the recommendation.
4: Hey, Froth, interested to hear that you're uh, doing uh, uh, a solo episode. Um, I'm uh, attempting uh, a little bit of solo play myself. Um, and in fact, in my upcoming episode, I'm putting it out there uh, for sort of recommendations of um, material that would lend itself to solo play. Uh, but I was wondering if you're aware of uh, Tiny Solitary Soldiers.blogspot.co.uk. Um, the guy's more of a. He, he's really into his miniatures and um, uh, probably a bit of wargaming too, but um, he's put together some very light, stripped down solo RPG rules. Um, that are probably worth checking out, and I'm going to be utilising those in my solo attempt. Anyway, take care, speak soon. Hey Froth, sorry to mess around with your episode planning, but uh, I went to listen to the message I sent you, because I'd forgotten what I'd told you, and I noticed that the uh, website I pointed out, I'd said it was uh, .co.uk, when of course it's .com. And uh, so uh, as well as me clearly struggling to speak there, I also got the web's, web address wrong. So uh, I hope uh, you can fit this in somewhere. Take care.
0: That's Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall from Keep Off the Borderlands. I already mentioned uh, Spencer's got a solo RPG podcast up right now to go and check out. Thank you for the call-in, and thank you for the recommendation. I'll check that out. A solo war game might be something that I'd like to look at. Um, Rob C. from Down in a Heap mentioned on the Discord earlier, there's that lizard again doing that thing, ugh, that's so cool. Maybe he's trying to mate with me or something, maybe that's that's not so cool. but uh, it sounds like maybe what you're mentioning is uh, just solo RPG rules, but if it had a war game component to it, too, that might be something uh, I'd like to check out. I haven't busted out the minis in a while. As far as uh, recommendations I would make, I'm just using this as an excuse to talk about the Star Bastards, this two-fisted fantasy. Now, having not played Fighting Fantasy, I I wonder how many of these games kind of use the same sort of Mechanics. I mentioned like Call, the Call of Cthulhu ones and the D and D ones. Those stick pretty close to the, you know, the actual rules of those games. But with this game book deal, uh, the Two Fisted Fantasy, it's got. Um, um, you basically have like a pool of health or energy or whatever, and then you've got like your main stat, which is. You know, one to ten, basically. And then you've got two fists, you know, that's the title of the game book. And basically, whenever you have any kind of roll, you can spend from your pool of energy or health, you can spend points from that up to your kind of main stat. So, say I had a nine in the, my fighting stat, I forget what it calls it, but I could spend up to nine points on a single roll from my energy and then that's gone. You know, you hit zero energy, you're dead, or you have to get recharged or whatever. And so you have that that set amount and then you roll your two fists and you can choose the higher amount and roll add that dice to your total and then you match that against, you know, whatever you're fighting or trying to do or whatever. So really simple and in play, it ends up really fast. And you're just kind of popping the dice back and forth. Hey, did I win this round? Oh, no, no, no. Well, you know, going back and forth and then tracking the energy loss. So I wonder if that's um, similar to the mechanics of some of these other games. Uh, or if there's just a million different ways to do it. And it also gets the wheels turning. Maybe I wonder how I would do something like that. I kind of like the, the Call of Cthulhu thing, just partly because I like D-100 rolls. Um, and I like the, the skill list with, uh, with Call of Cthulhu, but... Anyway, it's like I said, uh, it's not so much about the system. The the writer is really good, and they're really creative, and they've come up with this whole sci-fi concept where it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, it's got a lot of humor to it. Uh, Like when you're you're the cop trying to chase this guy down, you play a dog, you know, like an anthropomorphic dog, Leo Canid. And, uh, you know, so I'm playing this little dog trying to chase this guy down. Um, you get little magic items. You have a companion that comes with you. And mine's like L. Woo Blue. And it's like a take on the, the Blues Brothers. My pilot is like L. Wood from Blues Brothers. And it's got some magic items, little things like that, or, or gear that you can find. And trying to find somebody on this Route 66 cubed, uh, you know, star shipping route. Um, trying to find this person uh, on there. And it's got all this kind of gonzo sci-fi stuff going on so um, the writer is really creative and uh, obviously um, you know talented and imaginative so it's pretty fun Um, so uh, taking a look at those would be something I would recommend and then if you like Call of Cthulhu, I would just look for some of those solo adventures. Now, the one thing about those is, you know, with this two-fisted fantasy, there, there is a little bit of character creation. You know, you roll up a character at the beginning, and it's got all those rules inclusive uh, in the game. With some of the Call of Cthulhu stuff I see, they don't even have pregens on some of them. You, you, you're assumed, it assumes that you have Call of Cthulhu or have a character rolled up. So that's something to look out for, especially with some of these older modules. I imagine, you know, I'd have to go back and look at some of the D&D to see if it had, like they probably had to have had pre-gens, almost every module did. but um, So maybe some of these games don't, you know, you, you they assume you have the regular system to make your own character, or I don't know. But thanks for the recommendation, and uh, definitely everybody that's listening to this, if you're interested in hearing more talk about solo gaming, go over to Keep Off the Borderlands and check out Spencer's latest episode.
5: Hey, Frost, it's Cody. Um, I guess it's probably not necessarily known for its solo gaming, but when I was in high school, 3rd Edition was out, and uh, I used to go to this extra credit like um, study hall but I didn't do any studying. I would just sit there and play through third edition modules with myself. So I'd roll up like, you know, two or three characters and take them through these dungeons and they'd always get creamed. Um, uh, sometimes I'd, I'd get through, but for the most part. So yeah, that's anyway, that's my uh, experience with solo gaming. Um, I am looking forward to hearing what everyone else has to say. I know Ray had put up some stuff on the discord and on his, uh, Viridian Scrolls blog so anyway uh, catch you later enjoy your vacation bud. bye
0: that's the legendary anchorite Cody M from No Save For You podcast and that's awesome like um, that you, you mentioned doing solo gaming that way because that is a great way to learn a system is to sit down and play you know all sides or whatever I've done that a little bit I still haven't mastered the system all the exceptions and everything, but I've done that with, like, Savage Worlds to try to grok the uh, the mechanics, the combat mechanics and everything, and I think that's a great way, uh, I think it was maybe Tim Schwartz from Gothridge Manor mentioned, too, that they just, you know, reading the rules, you know, doesn't always click with them, but they have to kind of sit down and actually play with the rules, and I think probably a lot of people are that way. Sometimes something reads more complicated than it actually is, and then you play it, and you get the habit of it, or you know you get the the rhythm of it in it and it all kind of clicks, so that would be a cool way to spend some time getting extra credit to just sit around playing dungeons. I love that I love that also love that you were taking extra credit study hall and you weren't in detention. That's a good boy, Cody. <laughs> Uh, but you mentioned uh, Ray Otis from Plundergrounds, and yeah, so let's hear what Ray has to say.
1: Hey, Froth, this is Ray calling in to talk about solo role-playing games. Um, You know, it's been part of the hobby since the very beginning, and that's partially because of the wargaming roots. You know, back in the day when you had a complicated war game, it was hard to find friends who wanted to play with you face-to-face. And even if you could find them, maybe they could only play on Saturday when you had tons of time. And so guys would uh, play solo to learn the rules and practice strategies and set up, you know, programmed opponents and the whole bit. So that was kind of a fun part of the hobby. And that carried over a little bit into role-playing. I I think there's all kinds of reasons why you might want to engage in solo role-playing. But the first thing I would say is don't expect too much from it. If your expectations are too high, um, it may be disappointing because it's different than face-to-face gaming. It's a little bit like watching a movie on an airplane, right? You might think a movie on an airplane, it's hilarious or just a great movie, and then you get home and try to show it to somebody and you find out it's rotten. But the truth is, it was good in context, right? And uh, solo role playing can be just a little bit like that too. I'm not saying you can't have an amazing experience, but it's more likely just going to be an odd little duck, and you got to let it be that. Um, some reasons why you would do solo role playing: just to pass the time, to entertain yourself, to do stress release, right? Like maybe you're anxious and or uh, just frustrated or whatever, and you can just sit down and kind of disappear into the dice and the rules for a while. Um, lack of other players is still a reason, even though you know online makes that less of a reason. Sometimes you're just not ready to be social, too. You don't really want to be around other people, so uh, but you still want to kind of get that role-playing itch scratched. Um, but I think the best reasons are to learn and to create. Uh, so I'll address each one of those separately. You know, solo role-playing is a great way to learn a rule set. Just by nature of stepping through scenarios, you're going to hit things like combat and rolling up enemies and, uh, you know, wandering monsters and treasure tables and all this kind of stuff. And you have to find them in the books and you have to figure out the process of rolling it up. And maybe at the time you, you know, you can sort of record some ones that you've rolled up and save them for later. Right. Uh, But it's just a good way to learn the rules and and work through things like initiative sequences and and pocket rules about, um, you know, disarming traps and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, think it's, I think it's cool as a, as a method of learning. As a method of creating, I already mentioned, you know, on the fly, you're making things up, and those things can be used later in gaming. Uh, you tell yourself little stories, and you sort of work on them a little bit, and you've practiced them then, and when you get to the table with your players, then you can use those little things that you've worked out, and maybe even have notes to that effect. So it's a good way to create things. Frankly, I was in a meeting today. It was a virtual meeting, and I was really frustrated with one of the people on the call because I would had a big dose of her in two other meetings this week, and she's kind of a difficult person anyway, and I was trying not to be reactive and, and upset and anxious, and so um, I put myself on mute, and I sat there, and I was role-playing, like pushing myself through a little dungeon exercise while the meeting was going on, and maybe that's not, you know, giving the meeting my full attention, but, uh, you know, it really helped me uh, keep my, keep my cool and and uh, not uh, interject where I didn't, you know, I just, it, that meeting didn't really need my words, right? Uh, somebody said once that the most important question you can ask yourself is, is the thing I'm about to say as as useful as silence? And uh, it, my silence was better in that meeting than anything I could have said. And I got to have some fun while I was practicing uh, not being reactive.
0: You can tell why. Ray Otis from Undergrounds is so highly renowned, such a highly renowned anchorite, because that was all just pure gold there. I almost don't really want to spoil any of it by commenting on it. Good stuff from Ray. Thank you for calling in. And one thing I would say is, yeah, it's almost like, uh, you know, messing around with random tables is its own kind of little solo game, you know? Um, Using that to create something. You know, it's not a live or die sort of thing, but it is maybe, you know, just being creative and spending time with yourself on the dice. And uh, I really, you know, as you all probably know, I really enjoy random tables and even kind of generating hexes and stuff like that with some of the different tables and things I have. And that's just, uh, you know, maybe not traditionally looked at as solo play, but that's kind of, it kind of is when you really think about it. And then also touching again on learning rules through doing it, which I think is really smart, because it's how you'll find out these exceptions, you know. Because if you read through a game, I'll use Savage Worlds again as an example. You read through the game, it's hard to tell exactly which things are going to come up all the time and which things are rarely going to come up. I mean, sometimes you can look at it and say, oh, no, I'm not going to see this because I'm not using firearms in my setting or whatever. But... Other times it's hard to gauge kind of how often in combat this will happen or or whatever and um and it'll allow you to get used to the rules that you really have to have down um, and that was interesting talking about um solo wargaming too um I could definitely see how that would have had an influence and then I also know just from uh you know from the Tunnels and Trolls stuff, you know, like, like like Ray mentioned, it's a little bit different now when you can get online and, and find a group. Much different back in the day. And uh, I know from my own personal experience, you might hear some planes go by. I'm down here at the Gulf, a little town called Orange Beach. I lived down here about 14, 15 years ago for a year. It's really beautiful, but it's about... I don't know, 30, 40 minutes outside of Pensacola where there's a lot of military presence, so there's a lot of jets and stuff that go by all the time. Did I lose my train of thought? Come on, Froth. Oh, uh, just like I was talking about, it can be really hard even nowadays to set up a face-to-face group, you know. So, um we're a little spoiled with the online stuff. I think it's the best thing that ever happened to the hobby, being able to play online, at least for me. But um, you can see how there was a need for this kind of stuff back in the day. Um, because a lot of people were just isolated. You know, if you grew up in a small town, you know, and everybody thought D&D was the devil, I mean, what the hell are you going to do? <laughs> You're either going to play solo or you ain't going to play. But I really appreciate you, Ray. Thank you.
6: Hey, Jason here. Just listen to your podcast on solo games that you released. You know, I too end up playing a lot of solo games. To be honest, it's kind of led me more towards board games. Um, Four Against Darkness is pretty good. The base game has a lot of map drawing, which is neat, you know, old school kind of. You draw your map out to track your party's progress. They also offer a couple expansions that are just chapter books. You know, choose your own adventure style. Or, or maybe more like the old adventure books, like the Middle Earth version of the Chooser and Adventure, if you remember those. Um, another good option is two-hour war games. They're designed more to play with minis, but they have a really neat system where you're rolling dice to determine what the characters do. Whether they flee or whether they attack or, you know, their reactions. So that's something to look into as well. Um, I'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye. Hey, Jason again. I know what you're saying, this guy again, but just wanted to finish my thought. Um, I'd love to hear more on your reviewing solo RPG modules like the Call of Cthulhu ones you mentioned. Um, the Two Fisted Fantasy, I wasn't aware of those before, but I'm going to go this weekend and pick all those up to try those out. You know, like I say, I really like playing these things and even when things are slow with my son, sometimes I'll play those where I'll kind of GM him through, you know, those solo games, you know, play as the GM reading those parts. So it's, it's, I find solo games can work really well Is an impetus for one-on-one playing as well. So anyhow, take care, enjoy your week. We'll talk to you later. Bye.
0: Jason, thanks for calling in and Hey, call in all you want. Uh, I would never be like oh, this guy again or whatever. i I really thankful, not just for you, but for everybody calling in to make this a a good, I hope. (laughs) It's good to me, (laughs) hopefully to listeners too, to make this a, a better show. So please, by all means, call in as early and as often as you like. And thanks for shining a little bit more light on the Four Against Darkness solo stuff. When I looked at some pictures and stuff online, it looked like there was a mapping component to it. And that sounds really cool um to be playing the solo game and then also be doing some old school dungeon maps and stuff like that while you're playing that sounds like a really cool option also that those two hour i'd heard of two hour war games but knew nothing about them and that sounds really cool to me where you're rolling further decisions in a way it reminds me of this chess game that we've got for my daughter where it's to learn to play chess and you 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 draw a card and it kind of dictates what your move is. And so you're, you're not making the, the, the choices on your own, but it's about learning how the pieces interact and, and strategy and stuff that way. And it's a good, kind of a good way to, to learn chess. If you, you know, you're a seven or eight year old kid and you you don't, you know know anything about it. So, and that sounds like it ties into the two hour piece because, you know, the the where the choice is made for you, it kind of guarantees somebody's gonna lose or get routed or whatever after a little while. As far as reviews go, um, I'll definitely try to put something up in the future. I'm I'm still working my way through the Star Bastards, and like I said, uh, you may have already picked them up now. The the I think the really sh- the strength of these two-fisted fantasy games is the author style. If you're into it they're really creative and have some humor and uh very imaginative writing and uh mixing a lot of cool sci-fi stuff into this and it's got a lot of just, you know, humor and like I say you're, you know I'm, I'm playing, you know, you can choose whether you want to be this person on the run or you want to be the person chasing them down, so it's got some extra play value and I chose to play this uh this little dog cop, you know chasing, uh, this guy around route 66 cubed. And, um, so far so good. It's kind of fun. Um, so, um, that's something that, uh, if somebody could get a, a hold of it without spending too much money and you you like sci-fi, if you're into things like ice pirates and, uh, kind of schlocky, not schlocky, but kind of sci-fi that doesn't take itself too seriously <laughs> you know what I mean uh it could be a, a fun diversion the other thing I wanted to say is that uh, there's a good idea of maybe doing it with your kid or whatever um the the writing in this and the references would be completely over my daughter's head as far as the star bastards go but I bet there's some D&D solo stuff that maybe get her into it and it could be something else she enjoys reading um you know maybe Uh, be fun that way maybe I can even find some of this old fighting fantasy stuff and see if that turns her on to it you know depending on what the reading level looks like so I think that could be a good way to teach kids certainly I responded when I was younger to the idea of a book that changes based on your own decisions and everything I thought that was really neat anything to get a kid reading these days I'm telling you there's too many options you know everyone wants to take the Fed route just play a video game no. uh, but anyway But Jason thank you so much for calling in I appreciate your perspective tremendously alright so that was a lot of fun I want to give a, just a huge thanks to little legendary anchorites and folks that just called in to leave a message for this show thank you Help me do something and it was cool because it felt like I was getting to have a conversation with some of y'all even though I'm you know, on vacation, doing something completely different (laughs) than normal. Uh, It was cool to be able to interact this way. And that's really like the magic of the Anchor platform. I mean, this is what it is, you know, being able to talk with folks. So if you're listening to this and wondering how this is all working, you go to anchor.fm forward slash start. And uh, although the app can sometimes be pretty buggy, you know, the whole idea of being able to podcast together and share comments with each other and interact that way and kind of cross-pollinate on shows and put people's comments on your shows. I mean, that's, that's perfection. I mean, so... Uh, gotta tip my hat to Anchor for that. But anyway, again, just wanted to thank people for calling in and making this a fun show to do and hopefully listen to. Thanks as always to people for, for listening. Um, it'll be next week... Probably to hear from me again. I don't know. Maybe I'll get an idea for a five-minute Friday or something. And uh, but but um, there is a, there are plenty of awesome legendary anchorite podcasts going up all over Anchor uh, to fill in your time with. I've been coming out here on the porch and uh, having my coffee in the morning before anybody's up and checking out some shows and listening, and it's, it's always really good stuff. Um, so yes, if you have any further comments or anything for me, you can message me on the anchor app or email me at frothsoft, frothsof at com. As always, check out the thought of your blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. I've continued to have a kind of a steady trickle of uh, folks back in the Patreon recently and want you all to know how much I appreciate you. It's a, a huge compliment. and you know, I've got it set up as a dollar a month. Not so much the dollar a month, it's really just the principle that you're backing me and that you're enjoying what I'm doing and seeing value in it. So, want to thank you for that. It's patreon.com forward slash thought eater if anyone is interested in being a supporter. And I think that's all I got for you. Logan, drop it like it's hot. boom, boom. boom. sickly platypus a psychic
1: grenade zeroing in on your mental trade gonna help you escape from the grind
5: thought eater gonna blow your mind <laughs>